Rutland Lamb Catholic Radio listeners. Oh. You're listening to the Brothers oh. Rutten on Lamb Catholic Radio, <laughs> a show devoted to discussing the Catholic faith through stories and teachings by the Rutten Brothers. How are we doing, fellas? <laughs> doing great. I'm not doing well. No. John, tell us. What's going on? Well, I thought I had 10 minutes <laughs> to prepare, <laughs> and I didn't have 10 minutes. Imagine and that. And Heather, Me it's and not you. your fault. I'm not blaming you, but I'm looking at this clock that says 10 minutes. And <laughs> you, Heather, where'd the and clock now I'm go not, in the room? And, and then they're like, we have one minute. <laughs> Give me that thing. And I'm like, one Give minute? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Father so jo- I'm you know. sorry, but that's where yeah. I am. So, so the clock does say <laughs> ten, to, ten seven. to seven. Always, yeah. <laughs> always, <laughs> always. No, always says no, ten no. To seven. there's also a clock in front of me on the computer. I have my clock on my phone, and I have a watch. But I was just looking at what was <laughs> yeah. right in front of me. Yep. No. no. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Oh, that's fun. All righty. Well, welcome to the Rutten Radio or Brothers Rutten, as I tried. Reterm right it or naming it. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Rutten, Director of Faith Formation at the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Sioux Falls. And joining me, as always, are my brothers, two of my brothers, Father Paul Rutten from Immaculate Conception in Watertown, South Dakota, and Father John from St. Lambert right here in Sioux Falls. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Joe. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, uh, I not. think we have to turn the intro over to... A rotation, oh. so that hosting actually becomes a rotation. Father Paul gets next month. Father John followed. What do you think, fellas? Uh, you guys want to? Well, we'll talk about all it. Right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, we got a great show, a great lineup here for uh, for our listeners today. There's obviously lots that we can talk about. Particularly, we could just spend the the whole two hours talking about Lent mm-hmm. um, and the many intricacies and facets and liturgies and catechesis and but before that i thought i just found out that my brother paul has a secret (laughs) gift that he hasn't been telling everybody i'm not even sure he's told the bishop he's not supposed to know about it oh Well, don't tell the parishioners either. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father Paul, what'd you do last night? Uh, last night, I was a guest chef at a place called Joy Ranch. Uh, it's just right outside of uh, Watertown, uh, and they do a, a fundraiser actually uh, to, for scholarships. It's a Lutheran camp, um, and they bring out a chef to cook uh, meals, and then you pay and you come and you eat their food. Uh, and I was there about. Oh, two months ago, and I was sitting with the lady in charge of it all, uh, and it was kind of a smaller crowd, and she said, well, you know, if, if people don't know the chef, sometimes it doesn't get to be a big crowd, and, and I just sort of said, well, I could do this. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, and then we kept on going with the meal for a little while, and then she said, well, April uh, 4th is open, and I'm like, for what? And she's like, well, you can be the guest chef. I'm like, uh, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, so... <laughs> Anyways, she said she would I help guess it me. Does work? She said she way. would help me. So oh. I, uh, I elicited my skill is not that I can cook; it's that I can find people hmm. who can cook for me. So, anyways, uh, so I found a lady who makes See, great networked. dessert. Networked. Ah, I networked. Nice. So we had this incredible. John got a piece last night. I didn't bring you one. Uh, of peanut butter cup cheesecake, <laughs> which was to die for. How was it? Excellent. And Excellent. mom, and mom came. Oh, wonderful. Caleb drove mom all the way up. Oh, God. So we had about 140 people. 
Uh, and they all had a good time. Wow. So, I'll never do it again. It's a fundraiser the, the, the for their camp, camp scholarships. There. It was yep. one of those desserts that you eat, and it's so good and so rich and so um, unhealthy for you that you eat about four bites, and then you put the fork into the dishwasher. But when it's still sitting in front of you, you pull another fork out of the drawer. That's how good it was. Yeah, and by the time you're done, you've eaten the whole thing, <laughs> but you just feel less bad about yourself. <laughs> if, if, it was a, if it was a full dessert in the refrigerator, it's one that you leave the fork in the dish, yep. so you just open the door, take <laughs> yeah. a scoop, put the fork yes. back, come back, yeah. right? Yeah. So. I was talking to up. This is like totally sideball. That's right. Uh, about waking up in the middle of the night. They were talking about what you have in your fridge. It was a big family, I think. And they were saying, well, you know, we don't have pop and all this stuff in our fridge. We have water and milk. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, we had water and milk too. <laughs> but, I hated, <laughs> but I hated milk. I don't drink milk. And so in the middle of the night, I would wake up and I would drink the pickle juice. Because <laughs> it was the only thing that had a little flavor, you know, it had a little like spunk, spunk to it. Oh. Uh, well, who would have ever thought... If Doug Hennies is out there, I give a shout out to Doug. It reminds me of a, a good story. Uh, long story short, I went to uh, have some pickle juice as well. <laughs> I love pickle juice. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Anybody else drink you. pickle juice or am I? Uh, <laughs> I love it. I regularly drink it. So anyway, uh, we, okay, we, anyway. we, we so, get yeah, sidetracked. So I was guest chef last night. We cooked up a storm. Uh, it, it was a great time. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I probably will never do it again. It's yeah. incredibly stressful. Oh. oh my gosh! And then I'm really OCD, so I kept cleaning myself off, uh, <laughs> so that when I came out, it looked like I had done zero work. And I actually did a few things back yeah. there. But anyways, so. well, that's fantastic. But I did call mom to tell her that I was doing it because I know that all I would need is for her to find out yeah. that I did it, and so, uh, not have gotten an and invitation. not have told her. Wonderful. So that's what I was up All to. All right. Well, that's what you've been up to. Father John, what have you been up to? Uh, we are completing the Forward in Faith campaign at St. Lambert Parish, which oh. is the renovation of the church nave and sanctuary. Uh, so we're right in the last few days. The pews should be finalized today. Wow. Should be bolted in and we'll be there for, I don't know, 100 years. Uh, and got a couple more days to wrap up everything and palm sunday's 4 30 mass this will sunday be this this saturday, saturday. yeah wow it's how cool is that awesome you've yeah. been in it see that's the thing yeah. is the i was in last night oh you were. oh yeah yeah he was like, oh yeah oh. i can't i in the beginning i told everybody i was like okay nobody no sneakers <laughs> the only sneakers i want are the ones on your feet everybody else out of the building and then, like every week, I'd be like, "Hey, you want to go see the church?" Of course, of course. Everybody got to see it at yeah. just different times. Yeah. So we saw. I went last night. John's like, "Well, why don't we go in the morning?" I'm like, uh, "Why don't yeah, we just go now no. so I can sleep a little longer in the morning?" <laughs> so, so it yeah, it's really nice. A lot of oh. work. And- well, this is kind of interesting. You both have done this <laughs> to churches. Yeah. Father Paul, your church recently yep. had a yep. I don't know if you call it a restoration or yeah. um, oh, kind yeah. of an update, an update if you will. Yeah. yeah an update and uh, Father John now you're finishing it yeah I didn't want to neither no. did I no. uh, so, so dad got a lot of prayers I'm like dad was I don't it, know what I'm doing <laughs> down here yeah. was it driven by your parishioners or how did it all just the Holy Spirit kind it just, of stirred up some people for or? me it just seemed like what needed was needing to be done 
Yeah. It was, you know, our church is 25 years old. And so as it, with anything, yeah, that's about the time when you, you know, your house or whatever you have to, you know, uh, and I had some ideas and away we went. Wonderful. Um, but now, yeah, it's, it's stressful. It's mm. a lot of work. It's. Then you got to raise the money. You got to raise the money. Fun. That was yeah. the easiest part. But it's so, just, you know, again, the hard part is everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has an opinion. And you can't please everyone. And so you really realize that that the difficulty when you have to make a decision and you know not everyone is going to like it. And you even you might not like something about it. And you can't change it. When yeah, I think it's... when I think of that it uh I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but it gives me a little bit better of an understanding and maybe compassion uh, toward Bishop. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he has Constantly. 100 churches and yeah. priests. And-, and he's got, you know, so he had to make the final, not the final decision, but you have to get it all approved through him. So he's looking at everybody's. And then if a project gets through and they're like, well, Bishop, how did you, how'd you let that one through? Well, I had a thousand other projects. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, people have no idea all the stuff that sits on that man's desk. And then we think we're the only one that asked him for something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. No. I think so, and even, to... you know, you got to, I never went to school for blueprints. But like, I'm looking at blueprints and then you're all done. And I'm like, that doesn't look right. And they're like, it looks exactly like the blueprints, father. I'm like, oh man, really? <laughs> I should have yeah. looked at that. <laughs> or, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. really, I wish dad was alive because he would have come and I could have just like set him on yeah. all those details and he'd love to do that. But in the end, Boy, we, had, we didn't want to yeah. do it. We had, we had, our, our church is 50 years old. So yep. he was 25, ours is 50 years old. And the pews were, kneelers were falling apart. It had been, they moved in out in three, three times. And that's kind of what started it. Once you do the pews, then we had HVAC problems. And then once you're doing that, it's like, well, the windows need to be done. And if we do this whole thing, we're going to get done, and in one week, they're going to look over and say, Father, how come we aren't doing those windows? Because the windows are like old school block windows, you know? Mm-hmm. St. Lambert's was supposed to be a gym, and so it's like this sort of yep. thing. So we just, we're done. It was awesome. And I yep. think the need was there, and so we just put it before everybody. And Hey, hey please just, tell me, of all the things in the church that when I come next winter I can take my coat off and it won't slide behind me you to the pews behind got it there yes. is no open back <laughs> the pews at St. Lambert Parish hey anymore. God love the architect whoever chose those pews I love you you probably get time out of purgatory that I'm going to have to serve for you I won't say but. where but I just saw a picture of a newly dedicated church and they have open back pews and I'm like oh, someone's going to be mad on that someday and you have no idea what you just if said. you're out there listening but it's yeah, not in I our guess diocese I don't know if you're out there about. listening imagine going to church in the winter Taking off your coat, setting it right, it sits down. Well, an open back pew, the top half is wood and the bottom half is open air. Oh, sure. So there's there's nothing there. Well, that means that anything you set on the pew rolls or falls back at the angle oh to the pew behind you. Your coats, your kids' toys. <laughs> oh. Like the last thing I need is an an easier avenue for my kids' toys to get thrown at the people <laughs> yeah. behind me. So oh. they were saying the other night, they were saying, well, I guess now when I get up for communion, I don't have to pick the coat up off the floor and give it to the person in front of me anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. 
Well, it's just a part of their life. They've I, had it for 50 years. I've never thought of it. Yep. Now, there's, there's, some, there's one small caveat that people don't know is to make them last a little longer, we put in that cushion, and that raised it up a little bit to actually make like the truck actually rolls right off the back. There used to be a little bit of a lip, so oh, the truck didn't gotcha. totally roll off. But the I coat know, was yeah. always a problem yep. and fell out. So that oh. was, And I didn't know that. Because we never sit. sit yeah, you don't ever sit. In them. Yeah, it's like well, nothing rolls off my chair, you know. Yep. Oh, and I usually don't carry my coat in with me. Yep. So yeah, it's been it's been fun. I've learned quite a bit. And, yeah, um, it's. I, w- I would prefer never do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the minute I say that, all right. Well, fellas, let's jump into a little bit of our topic here for the day, and uh, before we go to our first break. It's Lent. It's liturgical yes, it season. We got it. We're uh, about ready to jump into full swing and sitting at, uh, we had parish staff yesterday. And th- I know in church work, it's like, if we can just get through this month, folks, we can just get through <laughs> yeah, this that's month, like every right? Month. And it's every month, <laughs> right? right? It'll slow down here. We just got to get through uh, <laughs> Lent and then, you know, Easter. got to get through, yeah. So, but really this is, you know, as busy as it gets in some ways. So what we got coming up here is uh, uh, that, but uh, you guys really, this started last week for you guys. Now, the rest of the parishioners might not be as dialed in, but what happened last week is important for the continuation for what's about to come. But you guys had Chrism Mass. I'm at the cathedral. All of a sudden, there's all these priests all over the place, and what's <laughs> going on, you know? So uh, tell, tell the folks a little bit about what Chrism Mass is. And kind of do, we'll get into that a little bit. So, Chrism Mass. It's a smelly time. Yeah. A smelly, smelly time. time. Mm-hmm. Now, Catholics know how to do smells and bells. Yes, yes, we do. So, tell us a little about the smells of Chrism. Well, I'll, you can do the theological side. I'll do the oh. smelly side. <laughs> Great. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Sure. Uh, As if you was giving you an option. Right. So, the smelly side is if you go to a baptism, uh, there's an oil that's put on your baby's head or on the baby's head, that smells, Mm -hmm. smells sweet. Uh, If you go to an ordination, a priest has it put on his hands, and the bishop at confirmation, if you've been to confirmation, especially in Sioux Falls, in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Bishop Swain just like drizzles it all over. It goes everywhere. Oh, yeah, it goes Uh, everywhere. And it smells. That's chrism. And it has this sweet aroma. Balsam is what's added to this oil, and it has a sweet aroma. And I love to ask people at um, baptisms if they know why is the balsam added? Why is hmm. why is it? Anybody have a thought? Um, I'm sure it's gonna... wonderfully catechetical. Yeah, it's uh, like deeply theological. Yeah, but yeah, because um, Jesus is sweet. Is that the sweet aroma? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Heather's just lying here. I mean, in a sense, yeah, we are Catholic. We are tangible. We uh, we come to knowledge through our senses, and so the sweetness of this aroma. Reminds us, and and you talk to families, they'll put that baby in that baby carriage, yep. and then four months later, they'll go in there and they'll, yeah, and it like all comes back, and it reminds me of Peter. You know, when Peter um, came to the shore with our Lord, he was cooking that fish over the charcoal fire. Why yep. is charcoal fire important? Because when he was in the courtyard, there was, was a charcoal, charcoal lamp. Fire. So our olfactory work, like, it brings everything mm-hmm. back. And so there's balsam. Isn't that magnificent? Sweetness the connection. Of Jesus. Yeah, it really is. So, so I do the same thing though with the, the, the kiddos. I always make sure there's lots of it on their head, mm. and then I always say, and I hope it gets in the car seat because some days you're going to wonder, 
if it was baptized. <laughs> <laughs> and you can smell it and you can say, yes, my child was baptized. He may not be acting like a, a baptized person, but they were baptized. Um, and again, chrism comes from same word for Christ. Uh, typically, traditionally, the mass is actually celebrated Holy Thursday morning. Uh, but because of geography, because of transportation, it's just not possible for all of the priests to come Holy Thursday morning. Because you have to turn around and be at your parish. Right, you got to turn around and go back. Night. So the church gives diocese permission to move the mass to a, another time. As so well. in some way, last week was the beginning of the Easter Triduum right. yep. for you. But so like, I don't, I, you know, I don't know, maybe New York City, uh, but for sure the Pope, he does his mass Thursday morning. Yep. Uh, for that, and then what, he doesn't have to go anywhere to right. turn around. And, and do. Well, and, and their priests are all in town, so it, it's yeah. a much easier. Uh, aspect as well for them to get there. But it's at that place where uh, I think two important things. One, all of the oil that will be used for the next year by the priests in the parish, so for the anointing of the sick, for the confirmations, the baptisms, uh, those oils are all blessed at one time by Bishop Swain. Wow. And then sent out to all of the parishes. Uh, so do you have like seven stone jars like Jesus in the wedding feast at Cana? <laughs> We've got these giant glass ones that, and I'm always nervous they're going to drop oh, them because they're really look. awkward to carry <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and they're kind of slippery. Yeah, if it's I, oily, like what if? Well, and it's just sweaty and they're glass. So what so, if he steps up the steps? Trips, trips catches. The yeah, there's lots of moments where I'm, oh, it just um, drives me crazy. I can't yeah, stand it. Yeah, yeah. It's you worse would, than chalkboard. So the bishop and actually carries these. No, large, no, 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 the no. deacons. The deacons. Oh. Yeah, so the deacons. Yeah, so the deacons are carrying. It's them making up. me so, sweat yeah. right now thinking about it. I'm huge. And if you drop this, it really is like You're real done? connection you can't like, the oil isn't like we don't and, just like this isn't symbolic and then we do no the oil i use all year long comes from right there right so if he drops this yeah afterwards and then it goes everywhere I mean, <laughs> everywhere uh oh. so hey so i'm not hey, volunteering you got somebody has to have dropped one of these somewhere, <laughs> somewhere right? there's gotta yeah. be a youtube, YouTube. video <laughs> you look it up right now folks um, youtube yeah so and then the other oh, thing that happens guy. at this mass is all of the priests renew their priestly <laughs> commitment. So it's like a birth. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like anniversary. Because anniversary. Anniversary. there's a big party set up down The other thing that's really amazing, uh, and, and what I love is Bishop Swain always gets whatever he's supposed to do, he's going to do it, and he's mm. going to do it well. Yeah. And at the blessing of the chrism oil, mm. he breathes into mm. it. Uh, again, that sign, you know, Christ breathed on the apostles. Yeah. So he breathes the Holy Spirit in yeah. to this oil. And so, and he just, and he breathes. And yeah. so everyone can hear him. Uh, and it's just this great moment of being reminded, like the Holy Spirit is being sent into yes. this oil uh, for a real purpose. Do you guys have form.org? Oh, yes. Oh, so yeah. uh, there's a spiritual program on there called the Wild Goose. Oh, I'm not yeah, yeah, sure yeah. yet why the wild goose. I haven't made that connection okay. yet. But it's about the Holy Spirit prayer. It's really wonderful. It's a uh, Franciscan or it, it's a, a brother, priest brother that, that does it. The, we just watched that where he talks about the breath of the Spirit. And he talks about um, the consecration at Mass. That at one point, literally, when you guys kind of lean over yep. the elements, that you breathe right. on them, symbolizing this breath of life. Of, of Christ on the apostles and of God, even at creation, I think, doesn't God breathe mm -hmm. yep. life? Yep, so there's that idea. And so, again, uh, it, it's a, a great beginning 
you know, to, oh, to all of these fantastic. things. Uh, and then we take home our little jars of oil, <laughs> uh, and then we present them at our uh, at our church. Then we then bring them up. So you go from the mass mm-hmm. downstairs for a celebration. Lunch. Yep. And while somebody, you guys are celebrating, somebody's over in the back corner filling up all, jar. all these all of those <laughs> jars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'd hate to be the priest that gets that job. <laughs> no, no, no. It's <laughs> the, the, the lay faithful do it. They don't trust us. Oh, the lay faithful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trust yeah. Us. That's me and you, Heather. <laughs> yeah. They don't trust yeah. us with How that How can job. we serve you, folks? <laughs> yeah. Just bring us some more food. Uh, <laughs> although Father Anthony Urban... Does a great job. Yeah, he, yeah. he does a lot of preparing, but no, yeah. it's it's uh, he's the diocese. It's all the liturgies. people in the diocese that actually make the place run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there is a real like this stuff, and it's kind of like the Eucharist. Like, uh, it there isn't a way to like pretend it or manufacture it. Yeah. It really is the oil that comes from the bishop. Uh, our parish really does exist because of the cathedral. Yeah. Right. Uh, I really am a priest because of Bishop Swain. Yeah. Uh, there is a real tangible connection. This, the which mother a, church, sister church, isn't simply linguistics. No. Right. And and there's no, not, not orphan, but everyone, we can trace our, our existence back somewhere. So everything... You know, we're not. Uh, yeah. The word. Yeah. There's a her- There's an ancestry, yeah. a heritage, so, uh, lineage. No one, no one but Jesus Christ is Melchizedek. Yeah. Uh, without, without a parent, like. But the danger is when we act like we don't need the bishop, or the cathedral, you know. And so as a mm. parish, we we say, well, you know, I don't, what, well, you know, whatever. Uh, we're complaining. No, actually, without the bishop, uh, we we don't exist, uh, because the bishop's connection. Uh, to back to the beginning, to the apostles and those things. And when we forget that, uh, we really fail to live the Catholic identity. And we're, we're less for it, mm-hmm. you know, because we think then it's all about us and I have to do all these things instead of being able to look around and say, well, what does my family have to offer me? You know, and so you, you look at that, you, you know, and it, it came just the other day, yesterday, we were uh, talking about some of the programs we're doing at Immaculate Conception. And, and I had said, oh my gosh, I said, have you seen my brother's new series uh, for his parish? Uh, you know, the cloud of witnesses. Yeah. And I said, the great thing is we can just steal it from it. Yeah. <laughs> and we can just send it out on our webpage and say, you know what? Look at this. This is, and then we don't have to do it because mm-hmm. why do we need to do it mm-hmm. so that we can say we did it? No, we just take his and say, this is really good. Mm-hmm. So watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, and then at some point, I, you know, maybe it comes along and you do decide that you want to tell your stories of your clouds yep. of witnesses. Right. That, and that, and but it, you don't have to like wait to, no, just right. tell me, till we get, you know, the people to make the videos. It's so about that, story, right? And, and you can, en- people can enter in to right. Christ through their yeah, story. And I, and I guess what I'm seeing is it's, it's the uniqueness of having something subjective, personal, tangible. But I can belong to all of them and still belong, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. because of the bishop, because of the Catholicity, the universality yep. of it yep. all, you can borrow it and not be worried about what is going to happen if they follow it, right. or yep. you know, is it right. is it all together? Because we're or, all part of the same family. Yeah, yep. you know, and then yep. thus the, the great thing is 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 now John's bringing in a speaker that we had brought in uh, from to our parish, and so again, it's this idea like, well, well by the way, I'm stealing your monthly format. So I'm, sti- I mean, but again, it's this connection. And so it's like, we're, we're not, we're not here to compete against no. each other. Yep. We're here to be able to enhance all Absolutely. of this. And so, so that's, again, we all came together. All the priests came together, the deacons, uh, with the bishop, 
Uh, and it was just this real reminder of like, this is where it begins. Trying to undo Babel. Yeah. And then we go back out. Wonderful. And then we try out for another year. Well, it's fantastic. Um, what a great experience it was to see all the priests gather together in that celebration. I'd imagine as priests, you know, it's it's a great event, a great time to see your brother priest. So if you're out there listening, you're listening to Rutten Radio here on Lamb Catholic Radio. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook. You can call Lamb Studios, uh, hit us up on email, all those things. Uh, give it. We'll give you shout outs if you got questions. Um, but if you're out there listening as we talk about Chrism Mass and uh, our Holy Priest, why don't we just take this opportunity just to have a, a moment of silence as we go into the break. And I want you to lift up your parish priests. Amen? Amen. Your family is depending on you. Your family is looking to you to make sure they are safe, protected, and taken care of. Knights of Columbus Insurance offers the protection they need. Whether it's term life or whole life, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, annuities, retirement planning, estate planning, or an insurance analysis, please call Jason Lures at 605-270-3463 or Heath Dickelman at 605-351-351. 7978 Knights of Columbus Insurance From dehydration or lack of nutrition the way Terry Schiavo died and the way many others die in our culture every year All other medical procedures can be considered extraordinary means and can in good conscience as we heard in the catechism be withheld dependent on particular circumstances artificial breathing dialysis chemotherapy therapy Nutrition and hydration can only licitly be withheld when the patient would pass away regardless, would not hasten the patient's imminent death or diminish the person's quality of life. Now we hear terminology such as will to live, an advanced directive for health care. Not a living will, be careful of living wills. Advanced directive for health care or will to live this is the best situation when someone appoints another person to make health care decisions for them, someone who knows your mind and your Catholic beliefs. And information on the will to live, again, you can find on the Priest for Life website. Finally, this from Culture Watch. Euthanasia is not about making sick or dying people as pain-free or comfortable as possible. That is what's known as palliative care. That is something which is improving all the time. We're getting better and better as a medical community in this area. Euthanasia is about allowing other people, doctors, lawyers, even family members, to determine who should live and who should die. One pastor stated, euthanasia has little to do with refusing futile or extreme treatment. The man who rejects a heart transplant or declines a third bout of chemotherapy is not committing suicide, but rather is accepting the inevitability of his own death. The doctor who withholds or withdraws undue treatment, right, extraordinary means, at the request of a terminally ill patient is not killing his patient, but rather is refusing prolong the patient's life at any cost, at any cost, not by withholding ordinary means. 
Dr. Beecroft and First Class Dental Care are proud supporters of Lamb Catholic Radio. First Class Dental Care offers a wide variety of restorative, cosmetic, and preventative techniques and is open late to fit busy schedules. Their aviation-themed office works to provide first-class services. Their number is 271-9330, and their website is firstclassdentalcare.com. Thank you to Dr. B. Croft and First Class Dental Care for your support of the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. Dr. B. Croft and First Class Dental Care are proud supporters of Lamb Catholic Radio. First Class Dental Care offers a wide variety of restorative, cosmetic, and preventative techniques and is open late to fit busy schedules. Their aviation-themed office works to provide first-class services. Their number is 271-9330, and their website is firstclassdentalcare.com. Thank you to Dr. B. Croft and First Class Dental Care for your support of the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. My name is Dr. Matt Hayes. I'm an orthopedic radiologist at Stanford Health. I completed my undergraduate degree at Mount Marty College. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, I was welcomed with open arms. I would give high school students the following advice. I wouldn't overlook a smaller school. And a small school allows you to excel individually. One of the things that led me to excel was having professors that know every student's name. They personally know you. The professors truly judge their success by the success of their students. The ability of the professors to instill in them a desire to lifelong learn, community, and above all, faith. Mount Marty does this better than any school in South Dakota. There's a lot of professors that can teach, but there's only there's so few that can motivate you to go above and beyond what you even thought possible. Mount Marty College will instill in you an unshakable sense of faith that will allow you to lead and serve in your future and in your career.
praising my Savior all the day long. And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. How are we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the Rick. <laughs> Isn't this fun? <laughs> this is great. Well, you know I'm, what, fellas? What? Are you going to say something here, John? I was like... This is the second time we're on now, and I'm not doing good. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, but I feel like I have to be, oh, yeah, I'm doing well. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, how many other people out there think that, like, in front of the priest or in front of the church, whatever, oh, I'm doing well. And inside you're like, I, blah, blah, not good. Not blah. Good. Yeah, no, anyway, I'm doing fine. But <laughs> it's really worked out there. I'm like, again? Again? If, if you're listening out there, uh, John and I are sitting next to each other, and being twins and even brothers, there's a, there sometimes can be a little bit of an antagonistic thing going on here. We get each other's spirits kind of right. Well, anyway, moving on yeah. to Lent. But before Lent, I've got to play dun da 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 We need an uh, intro into Stump the Priest. No. And then I no, think that we, we need, should invite guest to, callers or guest to, questions for Stump the Priest. We need to and then we need an award. Like, dump, if you stump the priest, then we send the you a Mount Marty shirt or a rut. Do we need <laughs> no, a rut we are radio not, no, shirt? No, 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 Three like pencil outlines. It won't be full faces, but all three heads, and they'll be bald. <laughs> Wait, rotten radio. Wait, hey, hey, I you got a thumb. Well, wow. okay, I'm so, in denial. Uh, I'm in denial okay, still. So, so you were at the discipleship day, right? Yep. Yeah, part of and it. And there, somebody basically said, "You guys are kind of like twins." So I think what that means know, is you're losing I know, your hair too. I know, Although yeah, I saw right. you sitting well, there. You might get it, but I definitely get it when people aren't sure actually which priest is my twin. Oh. Yeah. They, they, I'm like, uh, Father John, was he in Watertown? No, 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 that's Paul. He's a, Anyway. All right, so drum roll. It is time for <laughs> Lamb Catholic Radio. Stump the priest. Oh, All right. man. Do you guys want a secular question or a religious question? Uh, secular. 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 Wonderful. Because if wonderful. we're wrong, we don't look both <laughs> unintelligent and unqualified for the position we hold. <laughs> All right. Well, your secu- first secular question. First. Oh. Uh, who put him in charge? Who? Oh, great. Okay. Was the statue of David in Fawick Park downtown dedicated and given to Augustana College what <laughs> no! <laughs> no way no way no how did way. you know that because they have the Moses too ah uh, yes and it's hidden it's hidden it's, it's on their campus really they have a copy of the Moses wow so yesterday I don't remember was the guy's name beautiful though, but... in Sioux Falls right and so yeah. I'm headed to work and was getting there a little early and thought, well, I'll take a few minutes. And I, I usually drive through downtown. And I thought, well, so I got out at David, and, oh, yeah. you know, admired it yep. and looked at the water and thought, man, this is this is awesome. And I think David is one of three copies. It's a real, yeah. it's a yeah. real David. This yeah. isn't no, like it's... a knockoff version. It's right. the real casting of David. Mm-hmm. There are three of them, I believe, in the world. We have one. And it is. It was dedicated by the Fawick family. Uh, to the citizens of Sioux Falls and the students of Augustana mm-hmm. College. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that is never. 
So it's, it's worth finding the Moses. Too. All right. All right, everybody. So Augustana. Great. Uh, I'm going to get the secular one right, and then they're going to ask the religious. Here you go. So if there are people wandering around Augustana's campus that look like they don't belong in the next week, uh, they're just looking for Moses. <laughs> the religious question. <laughs> we, I got two of them. One's easy and one's hard. Oh, great. Uh, I always this is the, this is, we are I, I, celebrating. I this is an easy question. <laughs> we are celebrating the 500th oh. Yep. Oh. anniversary. The Reformation. Boy, I didn't even. That's like Jeopardy where you ding, 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 and it lights up, and Alex hasn't even finished the question. <laughs> yeah, see, I was thinking it was 500th anniversary. Uh, to, so, so 1517 is uh, when it, the date that we give to the Reformation and the nailing of the 500 theses and so well there's been some stuff in sioux falls they had a three panel or a three event deal to celebrate it and uh the first one was the lutheran perspective the second one was the catholic perspective and they actually invited dr bergwald into uh one of the protestant churches in town and they had a about 300 people come for this wonderful and dr bergwald did a fan if you're looking for a presentation I strongly, strongly recommend you bring Dr. Bergwald to do a presentation on the Reformation. Huh. It was wonderful. To a pretty much Protestant audience, well-received, wow. deeply historical, but human too. I mean, yep. just like, you know, even to the point of if we didn't have the Pope at the time, it probably never would have happened, you know? Sure. So he got human on it, on yep. the story too. All right. Well, wonderful. Father John, you, you have one. Father Paul, you have one. Now. Now oh, we can it's move the on. Oh, gosh. It's oh. the tiebreaker. It's the tiebreaker. This is the worst part oh, of the show. Oh, this is great. Here we go. Here Don't we you go. Have to go. And, and uh, <laughs> the night in 1571, there was a decisive naval battle in the victory in which the christians defeated the ottoman turks wasn't that and the special feast is called our lady of victory or our lady of the holy rosary and the answer is the battle of lepanto lepanto it's in the fantastic book that everybody out there should get 10 dates every catholic should know i fully fully recommend it it's an easy read it's historical, but it gives some great, great insights into Catholic history and things like, uh, you know, the, oh, I don't know, well, the Battle of Lepanto. Like, it really is a fascinating... And it really was a major battle. I mean, a major, like, major no, battle. It's the greatest no battle idea. since Mark Antony, since, like, pre-AD. It's, it's it, considered it, historically the greatest battle. It's really why, if we're really concerned about ISIS, we should pull out our rosaries more often. Yeah. Amen, Honestly. brother. So. We, we could get into that whole topic for another time because there's a lot there. So the naval battle is dedicated to Our Lady of the Holy Rosary because all of the soldiers carried the rosary with them into battle and prayed the rosary as they went to war. Yeah. Uh, but there was one vessel that the captain of the army brought with him on his vessel, and it was a replica copy sent to him from Mexico of the tilma of Juan Diego. No way. Yeah, this is just a few years earlier, right? 19, 15, 1571, so when was Juan Diego? Oh, great. Just a few years earlier. <laughs> Do you know that one? This Mexican bishop dude. sends it all the way across the world to Italy to be on this ship for them to go into battle against the Ottoman Turks. They win this decisive <laughs> victory, and in honor, they name a feast day 
after Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. This this gets to part of the thing uh, that <clears throat> is is 1531. Fifteen thirty one. So forty years later only. Thank you, Google. A replica. That uh, it's it's unfortunate that history is told. It's unfortunate that in a secular culture you can't tell history as it really happened because they Very take true. out like and I first noticed this when I realized how amazing the saints were. And as you read real biographies of the saints, you see they transformed cities. Yeah. They transformed cultures. They transformed things. And then I was like, wait a minute. If you're learning history, you are not ever even hearing their names no. unless you're in California and hear of Junipero Serra. And even then, or, they want to take him out. But, yeah, yeah, they want to take him out. Like, And so they want religious. to take out this religious dimension. And uh-huh. these are the people that, not the only ones, but they've done significant things to change. But all we can do is see the humanity of the church, which there is humanity, yeah. and the scandal. And so everything that we talk about in terms of the church seems to be scandal. But... The, the people have done amazing things. So this is an amazing story of oh, battle, yeah. but you wouldn't normally put it in or you wouldn't talk about the tilma or you wouldn't talk about these things because in a secular culture, you would just propose it as a historical, as a historical thing. Event. And so, but when you get in there and you see all that happened, the Mexican war, you know, the Mexican revolution and all of the things that happened, uh, there's like heroic yeah. people. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And you're right, Paul, you hit on it. It, it, it is considered the greatest uh, military victory uh, in over 1,500 years. Yeah, Western civilization would not be what it is. If I didn't it know wasn't. This. For, yeah. yeah, it's a fan. We and that, and it's a really a simple John, read. We wouldn't so. be drinking coffee. No. <laughs> so, so anyway, Sorry. go out. If you're listening, it's a wonderful book. Go out and get it. Uh, it's simple, it's easy, and then there's 10, it's 10 dates. So you can read about the Battle of Lepanto, or you can read about these other, you know, Fatimas in there as well. Huh. I just put it on my Facebook page. So. Oh, uh, wonderful. And it's the anniversary of Fatima. So coming absolutely ah. coming up is Fatima. If you we're we're starting on next Monday is the thirty three days leading up to oh, it. We're doing nice. a parish uh, total consecration so are to we? Mary. Really? Wonderful. Oh, oh my Imagine that. And I had nothing to do with it. It's all Ellen Bauman. She's oh, awesome. God love her. And she's taken us closer to yeah, Mary. Yeah. And so we're doing a parish wide thirty three day consecration. It starts this coming Monday. And uh, I got an email distribute anyway, and th- it's going to be but 500th anniversary coming up. Yeah, of Fatima. Yeah. So there are 100th anniversary, 100th anniversary of Fatima. Yeah, I added a few years there. Anyway, brothers, right. this has been fun. I get to go spend the rest of my day hanging out with a uh, hundred, well, 200 juniors from O'Gorman on retreat at the cathedral. So I'm going to ditch we'll out on you, you guys. Pray for me. Pray for the kids. Pray for the kids. No, actually, yeah, it'll be a fantastic <laughs> opportunity for them to hear some stories of faith and hopefully encounter Christ in a new way yeah. and deepen their relationship with him. And maybe there's a kid or two in there that has a vocation uh, to the priesthood or to religious life. A few ladies uh, we can get to. So I'm going to push vocations. It's going to be my Yeah, tell them that you're, the other half of your egg needs... Uh, a priest in a few years so that he can retire and have a rectory to hang out in and tell him I'll do, I'll do a mass every weekend for him. And, uh, but they got to cook. Uh, become a priest and you can hang out the Rutten brothers in retirement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I imagine you sure two that... over at Prince oh. of Peace in retirement? Imagine these two. Yesterday I had a couple stop in my parish and they had Father Paul Rutten as their pastor. In Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, what? Wow! There's a Paul Rutten. Yeah, a Monsignor. He's Monsignor. No, but oh, yeah. So they were like, "Oh my gosh, we had Father Paul Rutten." 
Are we related? I wonder. That's we gotta cool. be. There's so I had said we should try. Shout get down out to there the Ruttons in yeah. Minnesota. We got relatives up yeah, there. Yeah, Father Eric Rutten. Yeah. Anyways, you're, you got to take the headset off yeah. before you walk. Well, away. I just I struggle. <laughs> I don't want to leave. Well, you here, guys are here. Uh, so <laughs> this uh, we'll do shout outs. How about we do shout outs? <laughs> it's really getting bad. If you're not watching on the cube, my brother's losing it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get out of here. I'm, I'm late already, so but I don't want to leave the who's show. Your oh, my shout outs. You know, uh, Doug Hennies. Give a shout out to Doug. Uh, if he's out there listening, Doug's a wonderful guy. He does home inspection in Sioux Falls here and just a good friend. So shout out to Doug. And then to all of the people uh, doing the 33-day consecration, uh-huh, I'm really great. excited for that. If you're out there listening, listen, you can start this. It's done individually. Yeah. You do your 33-day consecration. When does it just start? Google search There's a book. It. When does it yep, start? Yep, there's a book, but you can get it all on Google. Oh. Monsignor uh, Mangan actually just said, well, just use the Google 33-day uh, consecration. When does it start? So, uh, Monday coming up is that the 10th okay the 10th of the 10th and then it'll go all the way up to may 13th is the 34th day okay and that's when you do your consecration actually so 33 days is actually preparatory yep 34th day you do the consecration but it ends on the 100th anniversary so i can still do it for my parish Yes. Since I failed my parish by now. <laughs> but we are bringing uh, our ladies. Oh, oh, we're bringing great. the statue, though. Oh, great, we're chef. Bringing the, the, but you're a chef. We're bringing you our lady's statue on Pentecost. Oh, and wonderful. I, think, well, I don't know where else she's going. Have you guys uh, checked but. out as well? This will be my final part. Uh, <laughs> Forum.org has a wonderful, wonderful program on Divine Mercy. Oh, yeah. If you haven't watched it, it's mind-blowing. I, is ten- it like that book? The greatest, second greatest story ever yeah. told? Yep, yep. So... <laughs> Amen, brothers. Amen. Amen. God love you. You go and we'll keep doing shout outs, right? Yeah. Yeah, Adios. 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 Uh, Yeah, so my shout out, (laughs) basically all the craziness, uh, Michelle Flannery down in Yankton, who was at Sacred Heart Parish, she uh, sent a message. She she says, your poor mother, (laughs) which I think is not an uncommon thought, I think. (laughs) I know. Uh, And then she said, you three are kind of reminding me of Larry Curley and Moe. Oh. Well, they're not all bald. See, I'm not bald. I'm not bald. <laughs> I think it has less to do with our physical appearance and more to do with our disposition oh, this morning. Okay. All right. Uh, so my shout-out would be to the Catrons, uh, Lance and Laura. Uh, they were parishioners <laughs> at the Newman Center. It was a privilege to be able to witness their wedding out uh, in the Black Hills. Uh, and they stopped through. They were driving through, and they stopped with their two kids, and it was just great to catch up. You know, one of the great things about uh, being a priest is be a part of people's lives and sometimes you're only apart for a little while and then they come back and you get to see all of those things um but they had one of the great they had this great wedding they we did it at like 10 o'clock in the morning on a saturday uh, and we had hamburgers and hot dogs awesome with chips awesome. and potato salad it was so great yeah and then we got to enjoy the hills like it was just this great celebration uh so they came through we stopped so i told them i'd give them a shout out uh yeah, Lance and Laura. That's, That's a great right. idea. Yeah. You know, I think uh, in a sense, um, I always remind, not all of them, but some of the couples, that you can just get married at, after the homily in a weekend mass if you'd like. Yeah. It could be that simple. You know, they're like, all these stuff is going on and they have these questions and why is this Gus this or whatever. I'm like, well, we aren't the ones that... <laughs> if you'd like, we can just do the vows but after the homily. I've seen it done. Have you really? Yeah. There was it was an older couple at St. Thomas More in Brookings. And so literally we were at a Sunday mass, Saturday vigil, 
And Father Mike was the one that did it. And he invited them to stand up. They stood up. They exchanged their vows, sat back down, and we went on with the Mass. Yeah, I love it. And, and well, here's what they well, said. Here's, <laughs> here's what they said. These are all the people we'd want to come to, to our wedding anyways. Hmm. These are the people that we worship with. Yeah. So why do a separate Mass? I suppose. You know, <laughs> but they were it's, older, and they didn't, you know, they yeah, were older, older they didn't people. need to be about them, all those things, you know, whatnot. So yeah. um, any other shout-outs we need? Um, that's that's, that's good for me. Yeah, yeah, I just had one. Yeah. Yep. Great. I could do more. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to give us a blast pass. We talk a lot about school, right? And so we're going to have our school hour coming up. Yep. So, uh, what's what's something that you remember from a school when you were growing up uh, that a teacher taught you? P h o t o s y n t h e s i s. Photosynthesis. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Schaefer, we couldn't spell it, and she was so mad because we couldn't. We wouldn't. <laughs> so she made us practice and practice and practice. Thank you, Mrs. Schaefer, for photosynthesis. <laughs> Do it one more time. P h o t o s y n t h e s i s. Photosynthesis. That's what I remember. Anyways, sorry, random. Woo. Wow. Well, and maybe in a similar vein. Uh, um. Nico Afkel, Coco Nico, Four Laws, and a Lulu Vico, and a Dangling Va. Oh, you know what that is? Go. That's the musical chart thing, right? No. Nope. No. Nope. Oh, then I don't know. Uh, Coco Nico, Four Laws, and a Lulu Vico. Flo La Triva, and a Dangling Va. I have no idea. It's all 23 of the ecumenical councils of the. Catholic Church. Wow. Isn't that something? I did not learn that one in my yeah. uh, seminary Coco class. Nico, okay. Orlazan Lulu Vico, <laughs> Flo La Triva, and a Dangling Va. Like, isn't that something? It's still up there. Yeah, no, How no, is that possible? Right, no, exactly. In photosynthesis. I mean, right? I a should... Dangling Va is the extra Vatican Council that like hangs off the end. It doesn't fit the nice little chart, but you got a little box and we just memorized the four lines and then there you are. Or the, yeah. Wow. So that was uh, Dr. Washburn. But speaking of Mrs. Schaefer, yeah. Oh. A guess. I've got three books in my hand. Do you have a guess about where they arrive from or what they're from? I, you were talking about it, and I really don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm guessing since we're talking about school, school, but I don't. Yeah. I really don't. I don't. Did remember. you have Mrs. Jorgensen, Kathy I, Jorgensen? I did, but maybe I didn't have her. I'm. I run oh. into I Mrs. Schaefer. Yeah. And Mrs. Jorgensen at the same time. How is it possible that you could run into both those wonderful women? And I always wanted to ask her. I remember her teaching me about this book about this Indian boy in the woods. And I don't know why it just like sticks with me long time. And I just finally run into her. I'm like, did you read a book? Da, 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 da. And she's like, the light in the forest. And then she talked about Hiroshima. And then we talked about the K. And so I immediately, the, that day, bought these books that in seventh grade we read. And I can't wait to read them again. They were awesome. She was a great teacher. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, we're, so so what, uh, what else do we got going on? Well, we have to give a shout out to Dr. Chris Bergwald. Oh, yes. Joe Did, told me to do that. Yep. He <laughs> sent me a message. And he's, <laughs> I shouldn't he said, have sounded like so. I mean, let's give a shout out to Dr. Chris Bergwald. <laughs> Since he's coming to our parish next month. So this will give you an idea into people like 
think we hang out all the time or something, or we are doing things. And so Dr. Bergwald's like, I can't believe that the twins' parishes are doing the same consecration at the same time, and they didn't know it. I can. Then he says, actually, I can. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to know what one of the other Ruttons is doing, don't ask a Rutten. (laughs) Call and ask somebody else. (laughs) They'll be more likely to know. Yeah, that's why I called mom to tell her I was a guest chef. Because I figured she should know yeah. for me. I'm yeah. getting better at it, but yeah, you won't, that's unfortunate when mom finds things out about what you're doing from after other people, and it's after yeah. so the event. Well, should we do a prayer to send them to school and send the kids to school, and then uh, we'll go to break? Great. In the name of the Father and the Son and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the gift and grace of this day. For all of the days in which you have guided us and helped us come closer to you, we ask for blessings and prayers upon. The parents that are dropping their children off at school upon their teachers who are receiving them, that they uh, might do so with great arms of love and with hearts desirous to help them grow in knowledge and love of all things, including you. We pray for uh, those students that maybe are struggling right now or those that had maybe a difficult morning, that they might be given a moment of peace or a smile or Uh, a helping hand that might help turn their attitude and um, bring joy to them. We ask this through the intercession of all of the saints and the angels as we pray. Hail Mary, full full of grace, grace, the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For over 50 years, Catholic Family Services has been helping people throughout the Diocese of Sioux Falls discover hope within themselves, their environment, and the power to grow. The counselors at Catholic Family Services are licensed caring professionals, experienced in assisting individuals and families seeking personal wellness and healthy relationships through individual, family, and group counseling. Catholic Family Services, offering a gift of hope with offices in Aberdeen, Brookings, Gettysburg, Pier, Mitchell, Yankton, and Sioux Falls. Call 1-800-700-7867 for an appointment. In the silence, God speaks. At Broomtree Retreat Center, this is more than just a saying. It's experienced every day. Located six miles west of Irene, South Dakota, Broomtree provides modern facilities and a favorable environment for you to experience God's continual call to conversion and growth in faith. Whether you're looking for a silent retreat or a place for your family to get together, the opportunity awaits at Broomtree. For more information about our scheduled retreats or camp availability, call us at 605-263-1040 or visit our website at broom-tree.org. From all of us here at the Land Catholic Radio, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to... Seminarian Thomas Hartman, Home Parish St. Lawrence in Millbank, Father Jerome Ronick, Pastor in Sisseton, Deacon Joseph Twidwell from Dakota Dunes, Father Chuck Simple at Holy Spirit in Sioux Falls, Father Bob Lacey in Plankington, Mount Vernon, Stickney, and White Lake, and Deacon Alfred Jetty, retired in Chamberlain. Happy birthday and many blessings on your special day. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for April 5th. Today we celebrate St. Vincent Ferrer. Vincent Ferrer lived in the mid-14th to the early 15th century, 
a time of turmoil in society and the church. The plague raged in Europe, and Christianity was divided between two, sometimes three, popes. Vincent entered the Dominican order in his native Spain at age 19, convinced that the election of Pope Urban VI was invalid. He cast his lot with the anti-pope, Benedict XIII, who had ordained him years earlier. Living in Avignon and serving as Benedict's preacher and confessor, over time Vincent became alarmed at Benedict's disinterest in healing the schism with Rome. Sure that the church was being harmed and failing to persuade his former friend to put an end to the rivalry, Vincent resigned. He spent the last twenty years of his life spreading the good news and stressing the need of repentance. He preached his most dramatic sermon in front of the anti-pope Benedict, denouncing him and his claim to the papacy. Shortly thereafter, the contestants for the papal throne were deposed, and unity was restored. Vincent Ferrer died in 1419 and was canonized 36 years later. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed is being brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. We guarantee you will notice the difference. We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of Tammy Sturzinger, Jerome Weber, and Sister Janine Flanagan. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed has been brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. The best quality, service, and value in the business. sun don't shine, shine. Too many passing dreams, roll by like limousines. It's hard to keep believing when it pass you by and by.
ain't finished yet Hold on, hold on, he'll get you through this Hold on, hold on, these are the promises I never will forget, I never will forget So hold on, hold on, the Lord ain't finished yet Hold on, hold on, he'll get you through this Hold on, hold on, these are the promises I never will forget I never will forget I know your heart been broke again I know your prayers ain't been answered yet You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio on KSJP 88.9 in Ipswich, Aberdeen, KSTJ 91.3 in Hartford, Mitchell, and Yankton, and 104.3 Juan Diego Radio in Sioux Falls. And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Good morning, Sioux Falls. I am I'm totally transformed. You are? Yeah. The last two I'm times so I was stressed out, <laughs> and now oh, you've lost it. I know. So, we got a great idea. Is everyone listening again? All right. <laughs> okay. Great. We went from prayer to preposterous. Now we're going to go to preposterous. Okay. We really want a logo. Are you going to do all right, Father? Paul? I'll do fine. Okay, no, you'll okay. do all right. I'll we do want right. a logo. Rotten Radio. Okay, we've gotten the name of the show is taken care of. We didn't even think of it. This is how you know Christ. Okay, this is where okay. we're going to lead into something substantive and you'll have some peace. Uh, we didn't expect this and we didn't plan this, but today we need a logo so that we can make t shirts, <laughs> so that we can give away prizes <laughs> to people who oh. guess things right. Yeah. Okay. We need a logo, right? Draw it for us, everyone. If you're out there listening, if you know somebody that's a great artist, if you got an idea, and then send it to uh, Rutten Radio to the Lamb, okay? Or send if you know one of us, you can send it by Facebook or just send it to somebody connected to the Lamb or to the Ruttons, and we'll end up with it. Um, and I'm not going to tell you my idea. I got an idea, but we're going to leave it, and we're, maybe we'll someone will win it. And if you win it, if you are the selected logo for Rutten Radio, you will be the only... N- well, we already had Father Ferris on, so you'll become a guest. We'll let you be a guest on Rutten Radio. All right? Sound good? Sounds so good. So why does this make you nervous? Or why are you well, nervous right now? I have this. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just became filled with joy, and you're like, nervous. Tell us. I'm obsessed with time, and it's really hard for me. So I don't like to be late. I don't like to be early. I, I like to be right on time for oh, all yeah. these things. And so what people don't know is Joe was on the phone talking to us. John's talking to Joe. <laughs> Heather's like, we got 20 seconds. And I'm like, okay, people, I'm not in charge. And maybe that's the problem, that I'm not in charge, so I can't control it. 
and I'm nervous that you're going to be talking to Joe. The radio show is going to come on. You're still talking to Joe, and I'm over here sitting here waiting for you to do what you're supposed to do. The problem is it never manifests itself in the way I think it's going to. The radio show. No. no. But if you had no, no, something. No, 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 oh, no. What? no. What? Like, I'm never late. It's never a problem. And you started the show right on time. Better than I have. Right. But I always get anxious. Mm. So I have, to, I, so I don't know. Um, anyways. Yeah, that's interesting. Human dynamic. So right? I have to remind myself constantly. I can't tell you how many times I'm driving somewhere and I say, it's going to be okay. Oh, is that it's gonna right? It's going to be okay. Because what are you thinking in your head when I'm you're I'm going to be late. I got a really nice car. Is that no. what you're thinking? No, I, I, I like how. No, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to be late hmm. to something and I'm not. Oh, interesting. Like, or if I was late, like it worked out so that it was okay that I was was really on time. Anyways. So we were talking when we were coming over here about eating at people's houses. It's a unique dynamic of the priesthood. Most people, there's probably no other profession where you eat at other people's homes to the degree that you do if you're a priest. Yep. What's what what's one unique factor you find about when you eat dinner at people's homes? Typically, the first time is not real. In the sense of they often want to make sure that it's really well done. It's a nice meal. Everything's, you know. So I try to let them know that, well, I just want what you're having for supper. Like, ah. just I just want supper. So I don't. But it usually takes the first kind of visit yeah. uh, to get comfortable. Um, so in other words, you're saying the first time you show up at places, people have the wine glass and they have all the silverware. Yeah, it's a very nice meal. And I, I joke with out. kids. I'm like, if you want a really good meal, if it's been a while, just have me come over. <laughs> and then mom's, mom and dad are going to make the best. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then you're going to get a really great meal because I've never been to your house and they want to make sure, you know, and I've said it enough times now that people jokingly will, you know, like they brought me rice aroni one time. <laughs> I, so they know <laughs> that I, I say this all the time. And I really, honestly, I am like, I just, whatever you're having for supper is fine. Uh, so usually the first time, uh, it's that way, and then after a while, they'll you know they'll say, "Well, Father, we're just having supper. If you want to come," uh, and then mm -hmm. it becomes more casual, and you get to be part of the family, mm -hmm. you know. So I was, it was really great. So I went to this family's house. Uh, they're not Catholic, but they're they're my friends as well. And she makes uh, eggs. Uh, shoot, they're the eggs with the sausage around them, hard boiled egg. I'll think about it. Anyways, she makes them really well, and I really like them. And so she said, well, Eggs Benedict? Nope. And she said, the next time I make them, Scottish eggs. There we go. Next time I make Scottish eggs, I'll call you. You come over. So I came over to the house to have Scottish eggs. Uh, so we're sitting there chatting, and her little son just, like, climbs up in my lap and just sits in my lap. Huh. Uh, and she's like, oh, my gosh. Like, he just doesn't do that. Mm. Uh, and it was like, oh, okay. You know, so I'm chatting, and he's just sitting there, and, you know. Uh, and it's like, you know what? That's just, you know, and then he got off my lap and away he went and did his other thing or whatnot. But it was just like this normal, like it wasn't odd. Like he was just this guy that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and that's when, you know, like you're, you're there, you know, or you show up in the house, it's kind of a mess, uh, you know, or, <laughs> and they aren't apologizing, and they're not either. apologizing, yeah. you know, and, or, and they may, those kinds of things. But yeah, so. that's great. Well, I, uh, one of the challenges of it is when do you leave? Yeah. Because every family has a different idea of what it means to invite the priest over. Yeah. And some people are inviting you over and they don't know what to do with you. Mm -hmm. You know, and or this is the first time or they're not maybe that, you know, it doesn't happen often. And so and then some people have early bedtimes. Like if they have kids, are they yeah. did you like some 
families don't have bedtimes, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. Heather, you look like you don't have bedtimes. You do. Okay. Yeah. So some, yep. but some like, you know, you, you just kind of. Whenever they're ready. So if that's there, or do they, are they thinking that there's going to be a game afterward or is there not going to be a game? Are you just here for dinner or there's a lot of factors that go into it. Uh, so I was saying to you as the way over that I've found it's helpful just to articulate what yep. it is that I'm thinking. What time would you like me to come over? And then I come over when they want me to come over as opposed to what time's dinner going to be. Well, then do you come earlier or will they be offended if you get there a half hour early to have conversation, hang out because they're trying to get ready and you'll catch them off guard or there's all those factors. And then when you leave, if I have to leave early, I always try and just say it, but uh, you know, and sometimes I just am tired and it's like, I got to go. I got to go. And that's kind of when you know your ride too, is when you can go over to a place and it's sort of the etiquette is more friendly than it is sort of, um, and I do think sometimes that that's what can cause people to be hesitant is they don't have a lot of time either. Yeah. And so for them to know that it's okay to just come, you know, I've got a meeting at seven, so I just need to leave by 645 and then they're free as well. Yeah. And you're only um, there for an hour and 15 minutes. If that. And it's not a big, huge yep. production. Yeah. You're just there for their supper meal and then away you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's good. Um, if I, I would love to have an app made which was called uh, What's for Dinner or something where I could just have on my phone and then little like hamburgers are two minutes away from you uh-huh. in 25 minutes <laughs> with the Miles family. <laughs> uh, I, or let's yeah. do it differently. Let's say the Maher family is eating in 15 minutes. It'll be spaghetti. Right, because yeah. it's first about the people, not about the food. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? It would be nice. It'd be awesome. I if that could happen, man, my life would be wonderful. Well, because I love people, but it's hard to figure out sometimes. Yeah. You know, Where and people go, are like, "Oh, my door's always open. You can always come to eat." And that is true, and I've done that a couple of times. But um, I-, I came that... at the wrong date. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, once so far in my life, showed up on the wrong Sunday as early. Oh, yeah. Did you stay or did you yeah. go? Oh, yeah. Yep. And then mm-hmm. we ended up hiring her. She's mm-hmm. our secretary. Oh, <laughs> see how God does that? Yeah. Great. So this, this is what <laughs> we were talking <laughs> about. Is- she had like chili cooking. So she had a meal to give me. Oh. And she's like, but you still have to yeah. come back next week, Father, because <laughs> <laughs> we've got next week's meal too. Um, so part of what happens in the priesthood is people discover that we're ordinary. Mm-hmm. We're normal people. Um, and- Hopefully that gives them a sense that if they're ordinary people, that there can be something extraordinary in their life too. And that that's worth sharing, that it doesn't have to be some extraordinary thing. Um, Maybe say a bit about what it is to offer a witness of your life or how it is that you share your life when you think you don't have anything to offer. You know, what I think is the challenge, and and I don't remember where I had heard it, but they had talked about the problem with America is everything is professional. And so everything's on a big scale. Everything's well done. Uh, you know, so our music, everything is, you know. Uh, mm. And so, too, I think we fall into that trap in the church. You know, so we were, you, you know, everything seems to be, like, so polished uh, for the most part. And so what happens in that, what I think happens in that is then the average person sitting in the pew always says this, I could never be that. I could never do that. I could never give you know, Jennifer Folliar's story. I could never be Deacon Ralph Boyo, whatever. You know, all these people. 
And and again, it's that Mother Teresa line. Well, you're not. And you're not supposed to be. And what I've discovered is because of that, we fail to see that what God is doing in my life in an ordinary way really is still profound. And that if I would be willing to share that with someone in an authentic way, that they would be transformed as well by listening to to something mm. that seems so ordinary uh, that they wouldn't even think of sharing it with people. Um, and I think if we can get people over that and get more people to be willing to just talk about how God's working in their life. And I think sometimes there's this idea that if I talk about how God's working in my life, then I'm this holier than thou. I never have problems, blah, blah, blah. You, you, but to say, no, you know, something happened, you know, uh, something happened to that moment and, and I can't explain it, but uh, I think it's God, hmm. you know, um, or you help them make connect the dots and you say, well, do you think it could be God? You know, uh, Sort, I mean, it's kind of the goofy one, but I told you about the time I bought the tortillas in the store and they ended up being for the lady. Oh, yeah. In my RCIA class. Um, so I was at Hy-Vee and I don't know why. I was going for spinach. They didn't have spinach. So then I bought tortillas. And I'm the whole time I'm like, this is really odd. I don't know why I'm buying tortillas, but I'm buying tortillas at Hy-Vee. Uh, so I had my tortillas at home and, and we're in RCIA class. And this, I hear this lady talking to her son on the phone and she said, well, we could have tacos, but I don't have any tortilla shells. And I didn't bring my wallet. Uh, and I'm like, tortilla shells? I'm like, I bought tortilla shells today. So I said to her, I have your tortilla shells. God had me buy them at IV today. <clears throat> and she's like, what? And I'm like, I'll be right back. So I ran home, uh, grabbed the, the tortilla shells out of the fridge and brought them to this woman. And I said, they're yours. And she's like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I, I really don't need them. I didn't need them. They weren't, I, I had no use for these tortilla shells. But she needed them. And there was mm-hmm. no way for her to get them. But for me to have done what I did at two o'clock. And it was so ordinary. And I could have just said, oh, that was a coincidence. And instead I said, no, God asked me to get these so that I could give them to you so you could give your son tacos. So I got a text that night from the kid. Or he said, the kid <laughs> of course. I from the young man. And he said, thank you. You know, for the, I got to have tacos. And again, I think it, it, it's all these ordinary things, but to say if I would have not followed that and just left high V, then I would have been in a situation where I couldn't have been able to help this lady. Yeah. You know, and, and God had to put her in a position where she couldn't go get the taco shells yeah. as well. <clears throat> so she was stuck. <clears throat> and thus, I gave her the taco shells. Uh, so it was really just a great moment. And then as I reflected on it, I just realized like, wow, this is this is how it works. So part of what I'm hearing you say is you have to be willing to be at peace, if you want to say, being stuck. Mm-hmm. Part of how you know God moved or that, that the spirit was involved with it is that I was stuck, but now I'm not. Right. Or what I was in didn't seem to have purpose, but now it does. Right. And if I am afraid or maybe my past is I've been ashamed or there's things in me that don't allow me to say I'm stuck right now. Right. I mean, maybe you failed at school and then right now you're at school and every time you feel like a failure, it brings up all this as opposed to saying I failed. God help me. Well, then you, you know, when you don't fail. Right. But if, if I can't say I'm alone, I'll never know when I'm not. Right. And, and the other thing I think the challenge was, what if those taco shells weren't needed right away? And this is, I think the problem with our faith yeah. is 
is I feel this movement. So I buy these taco shells and I still can't figure out why I bought them. But had it not been the same day, I don't know that I would have made the connection. And so I think sometimes the problem is I follow what the Holy Spirit's asking, but it's not going to manifest itself for a long time. Mm -hmm. So things like going to SDSU uh, for my undergraduate so that I could then come back as the chaplain. Ah. And to not be able to make the connection that just because I didn't go to seminary right away, you know, that God was preparing me and those things. And I think sometimes for us, the problem is the dots are so far apart that I don't really connect them. Yeah. You know, so Lazarus was dead two days. Well, what if Lazarus would have been dead two years? Yeah. And Jesus brought him back from the dead. And I think this is the other challenge is sometimes I think the dots are so far apart that we don't connect them quick enough to, to believe that that thing I did really was a movement of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But because God had me buy the taco shells at two o'clock and then at seven o'clock give them to the lady, we could all connect the dots mm. a lot easier. Well, it reminds me of, we mentioned the beginning that we're doing the construction project at St. Lambert and we have these really beautiful windows. And just a week ago, Okay. Everybody kept commenting on them because we're sneaking in, you know, right, and right. so everybody's like these windows and it never even occurred to me. But last week it hit me. The reason those windows are in there is because I didn't get to go to the seminary that I wanted to go to. Oh, I was supposed to go to the seminary in Denver, but another seminarian came late and Denver wouldn't accept a late application, but Connecticut would, and they wanted us to study together. So they sent both of us out to Connecticut. I did not want to go to Connecticut, Yeah, but I was obedient, willing. Okay, God, whatever you want, this is what I'll do. I go out to Connecticut. Well, when you're in Connecticut, there's all these old churches and doing different activities and different things. I found myself over these two years in a lot of different churches. uh, And I would see these windows. I'll be like, those are, you know, these like rod iron, you know what I mean? Like the leaded window glass, not stained glass, but leaded. So at St. Lambert, we were going to do stained glass. Long story short, it got cut from the deal. And the minute it was cut, I like knew what the windows were going to look like. Oh. Now they're not leaded, but it has that effect. Right. And so people cannot see. I didn't see. Sure. What a gift that I was obedient to the spirit in the realm of the church that I went to Connecticut because that's the reason the windows look like they do at St. Mm-hmm. Lambert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the challenge is how do you help somebody that's never connected the dots? Yeah. What would you say? Or how would you lead them? I don't know. Um, I, I I guess the, people have to want to connect the dots. I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Do I really want to connect? Because here's the problem. Here's the thing. If I say I want to connect them, then I can't not connect them. Yeah. And and this is the challenge I think with our faith. We say we want faith and we want to have this the, the life that we see, but then we discover it's really scary. Yeah. And it's messy and it's uncertain and and what we want is we we want just to be holding the national championship trophy. Uh, you know, and, and I think about this all the time. Like even I was listening to the, the announcers and they're like, they really were dedicated and they really tried hard and this was what they really wanted. And I'm like, well, so did Gonzaga. Uh. Gonzaga tried really hard too. And they really, you know, they really <laughs> wanted it. And I really wanted them because I picked them to win and they didn't win. Yes. But that was so depressing. But so here's the thing. So our world just says, well, look at this. UNC, they wanted it. And they wanted it worse than, than Gonzaga. I don't think so. 
And so I think what happens is it's this line, it's the line from Goonies in the well. This is my dream and I'm taking it back. Uh, you know, and it's that line and it's as goofy as can be and it's cheesily done, but it's profound. You know, I think about how many people threw something, a prayer. I threw a prayer in and it didn't work. I didn't see it. And I'm taking it back. <laughs> yeah. And, and if he would have stopped there, he would have never discovered what was beyond the well. Yeah. You know? And so I think this is this challenge to say, can you can you leave the prayer there and yeah. not take it back? And to say, Lord, I, I, I still don't see how you answered my prayer. Yeah. Uh, and I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I want to take it back, but I'm not going to. And then the door opens, you know, and, and you fall through and then you keep going and you keep going. That's totally um, it. But getting somebody to believe that, that that's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and they're there, you know, they're, they're out there. And that's why, you know, and as, as I was saying to you earlier, that's why your cloud of witnesses is so great because it's evident they're a person in the pew. Yeah. It's evident, you know, it's evident that there's nothing necessarily unique, but they begin to share a story. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow. Yeah. And so our hope is that if, if we have our parishioners watch these videos, they connect some dots. Yeah. And they and they say, "Oh my gosh. I had that same feeling." Uh and maybe maybe this is God. And and in a sense what I'm hearing is when a story is shared, I can't make people connect the dots. They need to desire it. But desire is born from an encounter with someone else who's living it. And so I hear a story. I hear yeah. someone share something about how life was changed. And all of a sudden they're like, I want that too. Yeah. And you hear somebody say, I was holding on to this or, or I wanted to take it back. And then God helped me leave it. And I found a new door. Yeah. And then somebody says, Oh, I want that too. I want hope that there's a new door. Yeah. I want hope that what I was hoping for my child is still possible, but in a way different than I wanted. And so in what you're talking about is St. Lambert Parish has this series of videos called surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. You can find them on our website, Facebook pages, YouTube, St. Lambert Parish, surrounded by the cloud of witnesses. And the one in particular that I'm thinking of is uh, St. Francis de Sales. His dad wanted him to be a doctor or a lawyer. And so I just tell this brief little story about how he fell off a uh, horse and every time, three times, and his sword and sheath made a cross. And he wanted to be a priest. Well, he went to be a priest. And what did he end up doing in his priesthood but helping ordinary people live the devout life? So in a sense, he did become a doctor. He did become a lawyer. He served these people in a way in which he was one of them, and he helped them recognize Christ in their life. And so the father's desire was actually met, yep. but through a different door sure. than he originally yep. thought. And so, But that desire opens up when we hear the story. Yeah. And the flip side of it then is Teresa Fisher, who is just a high school girl. And so you hear this story. Or Susan Ryder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who... It's just, how is this possible? And then all of a sudden you get done with the video and the grace is when you say, Lord, I want that too. Right. Yeah, I mean, like with Susan Ryder, it's like her, she just says the freedom. It's not my stuff. I don't care. <laughs> and they're like, but that's your mom's. And she's like, it's stuff. I don't take it with me. And I think about how many people, you know, hoard things or... Or they put so much value on it and they want somebody else to value it as well. And, mm. and she just had this great freedom. like, And she's like, and I'm not done. I got more to give. Yeah. Uh, 
have you, what, what's something in your life that you've uh, been able to give that you found uh, freeing or something you no longer need today as a priest that maybe, cause there is a sense, I think people think we give up a lot, but really no, we don't you give up. St- no, you? we, no, you know, and, and, and I joke. I'm about sorry this. to ruin the secret. All, no. all the priests listening are like, don't tell them. <laughs> well, well, no. And then I said this the other day. I'm like, when, when I set something down, it doesn't move in my house. <laughs> it's exactly where I left it. And I don't ever have to wonder where it went. And I don't step on Legos. I don't trip over things because I don't, because, because I live the way I want to live. So no one ever interrupts my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm, so we just built a new rectory uh, at, at IC. And I'm like on my fifth house guest. So I'm now learning what it's like to have people stay with me. And I'm thinking, should I have built a house with a <laughs> that, guest suite? Uh, that one room little cottage right, seems pretty Where nobody nice. came to visit. Yeah. You know, but, but again, that, the freedom to be able to let people come and stay and to move things put things wherever, all that kind of, you know, but there's a freedom in that. Well, isn't this, um, isn't this life, or are we going to go? Well, and then, and then to know, you know, as well, that interruptions, you know, routine, while it's good, the interruption is, is good as well. You know, and so somebody else staying there, um, it, it has its opportunity as well. So it, but yeah. Yeah. And so we need to pray for the grace to, to accept the circumstances we're in and it's going to produce interruptions. And that's how we realize in the end, we're not made for this world. Uh, and, and sometimes it comes by not being able to have our own children. Um, but there's blessings on the other side of it. But then sometimes that means God's going to make sure we don't settle in this world and that he's going to put guests in our life. So we look for the, the room that God has made for each one of us in heaven. And, and really for everyone listening to really contemplate, you know, take a moment of prayer to realize there is a place in eternal life that has been made just for you. There is a place, there is an, a state of love that the creator of the universe made just for you. And you're going to be in union with all, we can't even comprehend what it's going to be, but it's made just for you. Mm-hmm. Let us pray for the grace to let go of whatever binds us here in this world and have our hearts and our minds and our souls set on heavenly things. Praise God. Support for tonight's special programming is brought to you in part by Financial Benefits Company. They have been helping individuals and small business owners prepare for retirement since 1992. Financial Benefits Company's philosophy is safe principle, positive return. You can reach John Fritz or Daryl Slykhouse at 605-334-8086. Financial Benefits Company is a proud sponsor of Lamb Catholic Radio, voice of the O'Gorman Knights. My name is Dr. Matt Hayes. I'm an orthopedic radiologist at Stanford Health. I completed my undergraduate degree at Mount Marty College. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, I was welcomed with open arms. I would give high school students the following advice. I wouldn't overlook a smaller school. A small school allows you to excel individually. One of the things that led me to excel was having professors that know every student's name. They personally know you. The professors truly judge their success by the success of their students. The ability of the professors to instill in them a desire to lifelong learn, community, and above all, faith. Mount Marty does this better than any school in South Dakota. There's a lot of professors that can teach, but there's only there's so few that can motivate you to go above and beyond what you even thought possible. Mount Marty College will instill in you an unshakable sense of faith that will allow you to lead and serve in your future and in your career.
Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota will be offering a couples retreat on April 7th through 9th, directed by Deacon James Keating. The goal of a Catholic marriage is to die as saints under the tutelage of one another's love. This retreat, which begins Friday evening and ends Sunday afternoon, will allow you and your spouse the opportunity to spend time receiving from the very heart of God all that you need to love in this way. To register, call 605-263-1040 or visit broom-tree.org.
And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Welcome back, everybody. We got 20 minutes left, right? Would you say? Great. 20 more minutes of bliss to be together. Uh, and I wanted to, before we leave, we're ending the last few days of Lent. This is going to be Palm Sunday this weekend and concluding Lent. And then we go into the Triduum. People were really provoked by your concept of Lent and penances and sacrifice. So why don't you just brief rundown again and let's talk about how Lent's been. Well, it, it wasn't mine, but, um, and here's the thing. So, so Dr. Bergwald's like, uh, I want to see that from the ordo. Well, it's not in there. It was just like that year's <laughs> comment on it, which was three years ago or whatever. So I and couldn't when, find it. So say it again. What do you mean? So. Uh, in the Ordo, it had said during Lent, the church invites you to pick something that you probably will fail at so that you begin to understand the power of grace is to do what we cannot do. Mm-hmm. It's supernatural. And and they said too often we pick things that we can just grin and bear. We're going to just grind through Lent and I'm going to get done and then I'm going to be proud that I did it and blah, blah. And the church like, well, that's not what it's about. It's about actually saying there's no way I can do this. Yeah. And so then when I fall, not that I get discouraged, but that I just say, well, Lord, I guess somewhere I, I, I just need to continue to surrender some more, need more grace. Lord, I, this is really hard. I, this is, without you, I really can't do it. Um, so that was that, that reality of, of Lent. And so just challenging to be able to not see Lent as it's successful if I pick something that's going to be hard and I get it done. And I make it through Lent and I can say yeah. I didn't drink coffee all 46 days. Because it goes back to one of the things Father Varis, who was with us last month, said that really provoked me and I think a lot of people is uh, the couple number one, couple number two. Did I repeat that on the show? So this couple number one can have Lenten resolutions. Well, in the end, we can look like a bunch of Lenten resolutions people. You don't have to be Christian to decide you want to lose weight. Right. It's you don't, called January 1st. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, the, and we end up living Christianity or Lent. We end up living Lent like this. So we're like strategizing about how we're going to be successful at these yep. things. That's not Christianity. Right. Christianity is, uh, I have this new baby. And because of this baby, I start waking up earlier. Yep. Because of this new baby, I start spending my money on another person that's not me. Yep. Because of this new baby. And so everything in our Lenten penance is, is God first. Like this new life has come to me. And I might not be successful at this, and I might not be able to do this, but that's not the point. Right. The point is there's this new baby. Yeah. And just like mom and dad might not be totally successful at raising the child, yep. they're going to go. They're going to do it. And what sometimes we can do is say, okay, am I going to su- be successful at raising this child? Then I'm going to begin. Right. Yep. That's not it. No. And it's why I take at baptisms, I always take and I put the baby on the altar um, because I want to take the baby from that parent right after it's baptized, like really for them to see, there's going to be a moment when you're going to have to look back at this image and say, this child was given to God. Ooh. <laughs> I don't have the power this child needs. Yep. But I really believe in the grace he was given or she was given. They really got a grace. But to see that grace work, I have to be able to fail. Or I don't see the grace. I think it was me. I mean, I can kind of say, oh, this was God. But in my heart, I'm really like, I did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but when you fail and then all of a sudden it works, you're like, oh, I mean, this is the dark to light. I was alone. No, I'm not. This is what we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah, And and it was uh, one of them that came up and I won't use his name because I didn't ask if I could talk about him. 
Uh, we do Eucharistic Adoration Wednesday after Mass, so about quarter to six, until Thursday at noon. Uh, and we have a gentleman who goes at 4 a.m. Uh, and, he, and he got in there because of another way. Anyways, uh, we're in another group, and this other guy said, Jesus asked me to come at 4 a.m. He's like, it's not possible. I don't get up at 4 a.m. Mm. But I told him I would do it anyways. And so for Lent, this guy's been getting up and joining this other gentleman at 4 a.m. Mm. for Eucharistic Adoration because he listened to Jesus. And I think this is the other scary thing is what is he going to ask? Mm. And he's going to go right to what it is I don't want him to ask, and he's going to ask that. So how do you know it's Jesus? How do you, how uh, um, like, if I mean, if I'm not Christian, or if I'm not really practicing my faith and I hear you say that, I'm like, oh, that sounds like that sappy stuff my mom used to talk about. Uh, how do you know it's Jesus? It, that's a hard one because you just know in one sense. Mm. Uh, and then you verify, not in a, I'm going to make sure, but you verify in, in the, the reality of also placing it. So whether you, you bring it up, if you have a spiritual director, you bring it up to someone else so that it's not just on your own, but I do think, you, you know, I mean, look at, look at like scripture. I mean, like when Jesus says something to people, like it, it speaks in a different way. Um, that uh, I, I for all of you who want a little theology, this is called the iliative sense from Cardinal Newman, the oh, okay. Anglican convert to Catholicism. You just know. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's hard. I mean, like, and I do think this is the challenge. Is it's, 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 again, you know, Samuel. He didn't know the voice of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he was a boy and he didn't know. And so he kept hearing it. And then he'd go talk to a person. And the, the, the person finally realized it's God. Yeah. And so then he helped him see it. So I think... This was the thing. This guy was able to say it in a group setting, and we were able to verify back, yep, There you go. Uh, And then he could follow it. Or we could say, I don't think it is, because that doesn't really sound like God. Yep. Uh, Because it's formed, right? It doesn't just, like, appear out of nowhere. Yeah. And then I think the other thing is there there is this conviction. When when Jesus speaks, there's a conviction in what you just heard. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so the one of the things that I, that I tell once in a while is, uh, I hate to sing. And I remember one time uh, at daily mass at the Newman Center, I clearly heard Jesus say, I want you to sing. And I'm like, uh, I ain't doing it. <laughs> and, and it was clear. I mean, it was evident. And so internal battle in my head. And, you know, uh, he finally won out and, I, and I'll, I'll sing it. But, uh, but I knew. I mean, I knew it wasn't of me and I knew where it was coming from, but I still had freedom. And this is that hard part. Mm. God still gives you the freedom to say no. Mm. And he's going to keep pursuing you because he's the hound to heaven. He's going to pursue you, but you always have this freedom. And this is, the, I think, the hardest part about what we do, in a sense, is, you know, I don't know about you, but I look out Sunday after Sunday, and I can't make them do anything. Yeah. And there's nothing more than I want is for them to do what God wants. Yeah. And I just have to say, I can't make them. And neither can you, because you choose not to. And so I guess if you're not going to make them, I'm not going to make them. And we're just going to love them where they're at, because you love us where we're at. And uh, this and this is really, so I'm hearing you say, uh, to be able to know the voice of Jesus, there's a sense that you just know, but you need to live in a community that also is living this way, because they can help you say, that's him or that's not. Yeah. 
And the more you make that judgment yourself, the more you become fine-tuned right. in the movement. And you can maybe it takes you longer, but over a period of time, you're like, ah, that's him. That's yep. that. That's the way the Lord speaks to me. Right. I know it like this. Right. And the dynamic I would add to it is um, there's there's not a prior strategy on my part. Sure. So if we take Lent for an example, for me, I had strategies about what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden one morning, but just before Lent is starting, like he, he leads me right up there freely. I'm sitting in my comfortable chair that actually the person who gave it to me as a gift just texted me oh. amazingly enough. Okay. Yep. Just like never has done that. And I'm sitting in it in the morning and it occurs to me for about two or three months I've been doing my morning prayers in my comfortable chair in my bedroom and not in the chapel oh, with the Blessed Sacrament. with Jesus. Now, there's nothing wrong with nope. not doing it. That's fine. But there was a set. It was like, here you are. Yeah. Will you come back and be with me yeah. in that chair that isn't as comfortable that you got to get up and like get some clothes on and do your things and, you know, get ready and come and be with me. So that's been my Lenten penance oh. every morning i've gotten up i've gotten my coffee i've go and i go in that chair it's been beautiful sure. like that's where god wanted from from me but be, it was that like unprovoked yeah. proposal that i'm like <gasps> this is how god does this right <gasps> okay lord yeah yeah so. and and so i think that to give people and this is I, the other challenge is how do you give people encouragement to do it you know, who aren't in a group, who don't have, you know, and and I think, again, the reality is God will provide the people if it's really what you want, you know? Um, and, and so that that's the other thing I think when, because some people will say, well, I don't have, I'm not part of this group, I don't have blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, tell God. He knows. And then see what happens. And then when somebody invites you to something, you, that's probably God saying, here's your group. So- and it's probably not the group you want. Yes. You know, so it's not the cool kids. Yeah. You're, yep. You're, you're not going to sit with the cool kids. Yep. Uh, and you're going to discover that you didn't want to be with the cool kids anyways, because they're all, you know, artificial. Uh, <laughs> and you'd rather be with these people over here who are having a good time because they know who they are. So this is real sacrifice for everyone listening. When you think you're like carrying this behemoth cross and you're really holy and you're, but you are under enormous pressure, you don't have peace in your heart. That's not the cross. Right. The cross the sacrifice of Christianity is to say, I will go with these people that you have given to me, Lord, and not the ones I want to choose. Yeah. That's real sacrifice. And that's where you find the beauty of a life of unity amongst this plurality that's so different. That's where you find astonishing things. But oftentimes we set, even in holy ways, we set our mind on this is where I'm going. This is the group I belong to. This is what I'm supposed to do. And it's burdensome and nobody's interested in it, and we're not, like, bringing life, and there's no fruitfulness, and I'm just like, but I'm carrying the cross. Yeah. I'm sacrificing for you, Lord. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, to understand the difference in, in, in that sacrifice. So we're reading this, for our men's group, we're reading this book on the Anima Christi, and we've all voted that the guy that picked the book doesn't ever get to pick a book again, because, <laughs> oh my gosh, it has been spot on. And, and this idea, though, about you think about the sacrifice anybody makes for something they love, whether it's an athlete, whether it's, a, you know, a, a dancer, musician, uh, you know, and he talked about getting bruised. 
And when, you know, when a football player comes off the field, you know, after he's all done and, and the bruises, he rejoices in them. Like, look <laughs> yeah. at this thing right here. Did you see how I got that one? Like, just there's joy mm-hmm. in getting pummeled. And so she says, well, what about the spiritual bruise? Why don't you take joy in that? Like when your ego gets like just beaten, mm. can you find joy in that? Because you're in a spiritual game and, and there's a, a spiritual aspect to this life. And if you don't think you're going to get bruised on the spiritual journey, it, 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 you don't understand this. Yeah. Like look at Christ. So the, the hard part though that we're finding is how do I see being misunderstood by my parishioners or by my bishop or by my family as a spiritual bruise that I can take joy in. Uh, not because I want to get bruised, but because I'm doing what Christ has asked me to do and it's going to happen. And I think this is hard because, as we said, I I know when I'm playing a sport or doing something, I know I'm in it. And I know it's got a beginning and an end and I know where I'm at. And the spiritual life, I can't quite see that I'm in it all the time. Yeah. And, and so to be able to see the ordinary is extraordinary and everything is part of the spiritual game. Like there's not, this is again, the problem is I want to say that somehow my spiritual life is lived between seven and eight in the morning when I'm in my chapel. Yeah. And then everything else that happens throughout the day is not spiritual. And this book is saying, no, you don't understand the whole day you're in the game. And so when you're misunderstood or you misunderstand and, and you say something you shouldn't have said, well. Yeah. So maybe maybe a way to uh, look at this would say the divine entered into humanity. Mm-hmm. And so it's supposed like a spirit. When I say the word spiritual, I kind of have this idea of what it might mean. But if I say God is in humanity, God is in my life, and that's the iliative sense, is about your experience. Right. So Newman is saying, like, in your experience of your life, there's this something, this other, this mystery, this, like, experience that's, well, to begin to account for that is to live spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing it when I'm in prayer, I'm doing it when I'm at church, but I can do it right at my desk when I say, I'm trying to answer this person's emails and actually I don't have the answer they're looking for. Right. And instead of worrying about the email, using the email as a way to say, Lord, help me. Yeah. Lord, I need you. I'm not made as and, a problem and solver. For, and they need, yeah, yeah. They, and, need, they need you to solve this problem. Yeah. And to, to realize I'm dependent, they're dependent. And it just helps us in our daily life look at things. But I think the word, when I say human, then it helps me get through to what's going on. Yep. There's a spiritual dimension to everything. Yep. When you open up the fridge. Yep. Every morning when you open up the fridge or at 2 a.m. when you open up, up the fridge, fridge. Looking for pickle juice. You can eat. <laughs> you can either down. You can down yep. the pickle juice and put it back yep. in the fridge and go to bed. Or you can realize someone is waking me up. Only I, I don't wake up on my own. I don't breathe on my own. I have a hunger. I have a hunger that's for something more than pickle juice. Yeah. Do I hunger for the bread of God? Do I hunger yeah. for his flesh and blood? Do I hunger for, he, for the mystery? And yeah. here we enter into the mystery of this next few days. Yeah. Um, maybe say a bit about uh, this coming triduum. What does this mean as, as Catholics for us? I think most Christians would celebrate all of the triduum, I think. 
but uh, maybe say something about these days that are coming up and the liturgies because not a lot of people maybe are yeah, used to going to them all. You know, it's it, it really is the the Soteriorum stands for three days, uh, Tridaeum. Uh, and so it's a three-day liturgy, and it's, it really begins on Holy Thursday and then ends with the Easter Vigil. Uh, and we really walk with the, the Lord throughout those three days of his, the last three days of his life. And what, what's amazing about it is each one of the liturgies is different. And, and so you really have to enter into all of them. And so the first one doesn't end, and the second one doesn't really begin or end, and then the third one doesn't begin, it just ends. So you got to start on Holy Thursday and then you get to end on Easter Vigil uh, and, and from the church's standpoint. And it really takes you through that that those moments. And there's just so much. I mean, I don't even, I mean, it's every liturgy is, I don't know what all you want to say, but yeah, it's worth taking part in and really just entering into all of it. And for me, I think the the most profound moment is when you come in on Good Friday and it's empty. And I think about all the people that don't come and they just come for Easter. And so they don't know what the church is like on Good Friday. So I'm, I'm telling you right now, people, if you get a chance, stop by your church on Good Friday and just experience uh, the, the, the line that uh, Father Mike Griffin used, the absence of his presence. And that's what you'll, you'll, and then maybe that's what you'll get you to discover what the Eucharist is really about. Go to church on Good Friday and it's not there. Mm-hmm. The church is empty. It's, it's cold. It's, it's drab. And then you come on Easter and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what was missing. Yeah. And, and when you say it's empty, you're not saying it's empty of people, right? No. Or what do you mean by oh, so, empty? So, okay. So, yep. So on, on Holy Thursday, what happens is at the end of the liturgy, the priest takes all of the hosts that have been consecrated and he moves them to a, a separate chapel, separate place, so that the tabernacle in the main body of your church is empty. So on Holy, on Good Friday, when you come, we don't celebrate Mass. We have a communion service. So the hosts that were consecrated at Holy Thursday are brought back out mm. uh, for you on, on Good Friday. But when you come to your church, it's, the tabernacle's open and it's empty. Uh, and one of the interesting connections, and in, in this um, came from Dad, actually, uh, was... Had we not prayed on Holy Thursday, we would not have had what we needed on Good Friday. And so that that reality, because he would say, pray when you can. Dad would? Yeah, when he was sick. Yeah. Oh. So that when you can't, ah, you, you draw from it. Wow. So if you didn't come Holy Thursday and you come on Good Friday... You, you didn't get, I mean, so if the priest didn't celebrate Holy Thursday and everybody comes on Good Friday, they don't have anything. And I think that's part of the problem is we don't pray when we're doing well. And then when we're not doing well, mm. it's, it's, you're like, it's empty. It's, you know, or, or you just, so that idea of really that all of Lent is kind of building up your spiritual reservoir so that come Good Friday, You've got something. And then it puts a whole different perspective on the resurrection and the joy of Easter Sunday is I'm not going here as just a one-time event. I'm going here having known some good times yep. and then the poverty and the darkness of an empty tomb and how many of us live in an empty tomb. Right. 
how many of us live in a life that we quietly are despairing and we're doing our best to keep it going. We're doing our best to keep our kids moving. We're keeping them, uh, you know, but inside we're like, why, what is this about? We're in a tomb. Uh, but to go Easter, to go Thursday, yeah. To experience the prayer, the life, the joy, the yeah. service, all of this stuff happened. But then Friday in the emptiness and Sunday, you come to this Easter joy, not just about Easter, but like there is an answer to the tomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is someone who has come out of a tomb that is drawing me out of a tomb. And that presence that drew the world into a new way of living is still drawing me into a new way of living. Mm-hmm. And I can't see Jesus in sandals dusting having dust on his feet, but there's a mystery and people call him the body of Christ. And they say he's present in these people who seem really ordinary and really broken and really downtrodden and really, but the more I'm with them, the more I say, you know what? There is something here. There is someone that's in the midst of these people. That's greater than them. Draw me from my tomb. Mm -hmm. Lord, draw me from my tomb. What a gift and a grace it is. Encourage all of you to attend to the Triduum liturgies. Look up your parish times, Thursday, Friday, and then the Easter uh, celebration. Attend all three of them this year. Do yourself a favor, and uh, when we come on the other side of it, maybe send us an email or a message about how it was and what your experience of these uh, great days have been. Shall we close with prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. A family prayer. Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Father, the Son. Spirit. You've been listening to the Rutten Brothers, brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. On the Lamb Catholic Radio Network, 91.3 KSTJ, Hartford, Madison, Mitchell, Yankton, 104.3 LP, Juan Diego Radio for Sioux Falls, and 88.9 KSJP, Ipswich, Aberdeen, and online at lambradio.com. <laughs>